Welcome to DCAF by the Beacon Center. I am joined by a very special guest today, my office mate, longtime listener, first time caller, Ron Schultes. Ron, how's it going? This is like the culmination of my career. I'm ready for my close ups. So, oh, so excited. This is why I've been afraid to put you on it because you'll get the diva mentality. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ron and I share an office. We share memes and funny things like pretty much all day, every day when we're in the office. He knows more about my life than I would say my family does because I just sometimes explode and have to talk about things. So Ron, I'm excited to have Ron here to talk today. Um, Ron, we usually record this in the morning. We're recording in the afternoon. I usually have my coffee. You don't drink coffee. How... How do you, how? How? You know, I've always kind of felt that if you have to add milk, sugar, and cream to something, you probably just don't like it. So I, I, here's, I'm, I'm an afternoon, like, carbonated person. I need bubbles. My, yeah, my, my, you my go sips. get a Coke, like, every day. That's right. I, I have a Coke, like, like, some kind of carbonated drink every day. I, my wife says I have an uh, obsession with bubbles. And so yeah. anything carbonated, that's, that's, that's my outlet. So that's funny. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, I don't have an energy drink or Coke or anything for you, but um, I hope that you're surviving the afternoon as well or as good as I am because I'm trying to move and my house is all in boxes and that's basically been my life these days. So I might have to go get an energy drink after this. Um, first thing we're going to talk about today is we have a very special um, episode of Overcaffeinated that is out this week. By the time this podcast airs, you will have had access to it and seen it. It is with Justin, Mark, and Governor Lee. And Ron, you're on the hill a lot. Do you interact? Do you get to interact with Governor Lee very much? Not with the governor, but certainly his staff mm -hmm. and his administration. Uh, every like department has a rep and his policy director and other, you know, his, his circle. So you see his, his posse quite That's a bit. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, I know that um, he has a great sense of humor. We've interviewed him before. I got a little sneak peek at the interview, um, the over-caffeinated interview. The man is funny, okay? And I'll push aside that he's an Auburn fan. We don't have to talk about that, but the man is funny. I have always enjoyed hearing from him, um, and especially in a format like this with Mark and Justin, it's really, really good stuff. I think you have to be if you're a politician because the the job can get you down so much. You have to be you have to have a good sense of humor. I, I loved it when the uh, the George Bush Senior invited what was that SNL comedian who used to make fun of him all the time? Oh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> what was in, his name? In, in way back a long time ago, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, he invited he invited, him to the White House? he invited him for like his last, like his last week in office. He invited the guy who's been, who made fun of him for, for four years into the White House to oh, like do a whole skit impersonating him. And like, you, you can watch the clip and the comedian's like, I never thought I'd be doing this like right with the president, like right next to me. But I mean, it's just kind of like, you have to have that sense of humor and you have to have a good time and be able to laugh at yourself if you're going to be in public office, I think. That is amazing. That's honestly, I, I think that I tell people a lot, especially like younger professionals who are trying to be in politics, like don't be a robot because no one likes that. I think we get in this mindset of like, if you're going to be uh, in politics, you have to be really, really serious. And I think that on this interview, especially the governor strikes a really good balance between giving Mark a hard time for his blueberry flavored coffee, 
but also like, yes, but also like talking about serious things, like, you know, what his biggest um, accomplishments in office have been that he thinks or how the state has responded to COVID and things like that. And so I'm really excited. If you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. It's on our Facebook. It's on our YouTube. It's on our website. It's everywhere it is i'm i'm really excited ron you're gonna get to watch it soon um one of the topics that they talked about is women's suffrage this week was the 100th anniversary of the last state ratifying the 19th amendment and that last state was tennessee tennessee um the story ron do you know the story well enough to tell it or should i tell it you can go for it. it. It's women's suffrage. I should let the lady on tell the story. So there was a, a young representative. I think he was 24 years old. And um, he was the deciding vote to ratify the 19th Amendment. And originally, he had come into the chamber um, with a red rose on. And red meant that you weren't going to vote yes. And yellow mm -hmm. meant that you were going to vote yes. And he had gotten... War of the Roses? Yes, War of the Roses. <laughs> he had gotten a correspondence from his mom where his mom basically just said, do the right thing. Mm. You know what to do and do the right thing. And there were angry protesters gathered outside. And when he switched his vote from red to yellow, from no to yes, people erupted. And the man had to run through the attic and escape out of a window from the state capitol. And that is how women got the right to vote. That was the last vote. Isn't that just the sweetest thing you've ever heard? I mean, it, it'd be really hard to like see mom at the Christmas, you know, dinner table after she sent that handwritten letter and, and voted no, right? I mean, that would have been, I love your mom, but uh, that would have been, that would have been a tough sell for sure. That would have been really bad. And so on the 100th anniversary, Donald Trump pardoned, President Trump pardoned Susan B. Anthony. She had gotten arrested, convicted for voting when women didn't have the right to vote a long, long time ago. And I just think, you know, recently, this week, actually, I had some friends tell me that they aren't going to vote. Some mm -hmm. young female friends, some of my contemporaries, they said they're not going to vote because they don't feel like they know enough about politics. Mm -hmm. November's a long way away. <laughs> and you can really learn between now and then. And I just think after hearing everything this week about how women finally have the right to vote, it's really important to me as a woman to I think it's important for all of us to vote, but... Mm -hmm especially us young women, to follow in the footsteps of people who really worked hard and some that went to jail so that we could vote. Um, it, it, it's really meaningful, and I think that um, we should celebrate that all the time, especially this year, this year being the 100th anniversary of it. Ron, did you and did your, did your wife know about all of this before we started blasting it out? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's one of those things like, it's one of those things you generally know that it obviously – you know, sadly, women didn't have the right to vote, you know, right from the founding of the country, but it's kind of like you didn't, you don't, it's not something you know, like the 4th of July or President's yeah, right. Day or something. It's not something that gets as much uh, attention. So it's, it's neat that, you know, this is getting a lot of publicity at the huge anniversary of it. I know. It's really exciting. We have a lot of women in our office. Justin wrote an amazing blog post. It's up on our blog. It talks about Tennessee's really important role in seeing women have the right to vote. Um, it's kind of emotional. I mean, I'm not emotional right now, but I was earlier this week. It was a little bit weepy just thinking about how sweet and tender it is that we can vote now. And people really fought for that. Anyway, I need to stop droning on and on about it. But to go back, the governor did talk about that in his over-caffeinated interview. So we've got a lot of 
which I will say that's one of the things I love about working at Beacon is how we like really empower women and, and not in like a cheesy way, like in like a real way, empower women, our organization appreciate that. So um, thanks to you, Ron. And Ron always surprised me with peanut M&Ms when I do something nice. <laughs> and that's like the way to a woman's heart. I really, <laughs> I mean, it's basically right. I mean, you know, it's chocolate. So every time, Hey Taylor, can I get this, you know, designed or whatnot? Um, Here's a bag of peanut M&Ms, and then it's really funny is this, see, the single guys in our office need to learn some of this stuff, because after I started doing that, you know, Jason and Joe would start giving you peanut M&Ms if they <laughs> needed something, right? So it takes, a married, it, may, it takes a married man to know, the, to know something like that, so... <laughs> That's fantastic. I didn't even pick up on that they started doing that after they saw you do it, but you're so right. Joe will bring me in something and ask me to do it, and he's got a bag of peanut M&Ms sitting right on top of it. And I, I love that. I love, I love how y'all appreciate women with chocolate in our <laughs> office. That's the way it's done. I, I love it. So check out that blog. Check out the interview with Governor Lee. Um, switching gears here a little bit. Ron knows that I love true crime. Mm -hmm. it's kind of an issue. I, Suzanne in our office, we will sit and talk all the time about true crime this and true crime that. Well, true crime um, is in the spotlight this week because the Golden State Killer is on trial. Ron, do you know about the Golden State Killer? I know enough. I know it's not, so, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a big true crime aficionado, but I do, I do find it interesting and have seen the previews and and know about the book and, and all that. So yes. I am certainly aware for sure. Okay. He's like on trial this week and he admitted to, I wrote it down. Hang on, let me look. I wrote it down. 87 victims, 53 crime scenes in 11 counties across California. Mm -hmm. This guy was a police officer who went bad and he is now in his 70s. Yeah. The man has gotten away with it for so long until there was a new, I think it was a DNA test. Yeah. They were able to retest something. And well, I think they even found like through DNA of a family member, they were able to like limit it to his family first. Yes. And then I think they went from there if, I, if, if I'm correct. Yes, I mean, it is, insane he was able to get away with this for so long and he I think he's maybe 72 now I think that's what I read either 72 or 76 but anyway he's old he was pushed in in a wheelchair and he's about to go to prison for the rest of his days but he's just been out walking around all I know is Ron and I talk about the Enneagram a lot if you don't know what the Enneagram is bless you I am I have the personality type that lives in fear mm. and now that I know that this stuff is possible, you would say with my personality type, I need to like stay away from true crime, but here we are. I always think it's fascinating. I mean, so, you know, my wife is a, is a psychologist, yeah. right? And so I'm always fascinated from like, certainly this person, you know, he, he's messed up in the head. Right. But like, how do you do that for like, what, 15 years, you do all these crimes and then just stop like that's what's so interesting to me is like what happens with these folks and they just stop like committing crimes all of a sudden you know that's what's so fascinating it's like who knows what has he been doing for like 30 years that's what I want to know what has he been years. doing you can't just I've been reading a lot of crime books lately and what I've seen is that people they just do it over and over and over like like they never get tired of it it's like a yeah. sociopathic tendency I guess they should never get tired of it and the fact that he just started hanging out 
a few years ago and hasn't done anything else, it, it blows right. my mind. Like you can't picture this guy at like a PTA meeting or like working in a cubicle <laughs> office after, you know, I mean. Hanging out at Starbucks, like right. absolutely not. And so, yeah, that is interesting. And, and the fact that he kind of stopped committing these crimes once the surveillance got good enough that he would have gotten caught. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just crazy. Like well, you watch those catching a criminal shows and I, I've watched them hours and hours and I just can't think like that. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I think that, I think it's a Mark Twain quote and I could be wrong, but there's a fine line between genius and insane and people like this are a great example. Like he was crazy and depraved enough to do all this, but then knew it was smart enough that he could get caught. So he just had the control to just stop supposedly yes it's like really smart kids you're like i hope you use your powers for good and not for evil (laughs) because you see like really really smart kids i don't know if you ever did like in church growing up i would do like vbs and teach sunday school and stuff and see these really really smart kids and i was like i hope this kid uses their powers for good and not for evil because that is dangerous very true um, but that is, I will be following that very closely. You might not be following it as closely, but if Kristen wants to follow it and evaluate it on a, on a psychiatric basis, yeah. let me know. Cause that oh, is- she's all into that. I remember like when the Casey Anthony trial was going on, she would listen to the court proceedings every day. We have like books in our, in our living room of like true crime stuff. So I just bought another book. It's like an anthology of true crime stories and it's called unspeakable acts. And it's just like every chapter is a different true crime. I haven't started it yet. The first one is on um, Gypsy Rose and Dee Dee Blanchard, the, the mom that had the proxy syndrome. Yes. Or, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. And they got like all these free homes and things. And then the daughter met this boyfriend he was her pen pal and they like killed the mom like craziest thing like it's the type of stuff that you don't think could be real outside of like a hollywood production and a great show if you like going down that is snapped i don't know if you've ever seen that it's all stories of wives who kill their husbands and so it's like chicago yes and so it's like uh my my mom of all people found it and fell in love with it and so i like my dad's nervous that she watches it and then you know kristen has heard about i'm nervous like you know it's all these ideas you know like i mean obviously i'm gonna watch that this weekend i'm just saying i mean it's scary you know when you know your mom and and wife sometimes like watch this show where they're talking about killing their husbands it makes you really nervous you know it's just makes you walk the line Hey, I mean, it's not something that you think about it or you picture, right? I mean, right. It's, you know, it's, yeah, it's uh, going yeah. to make you and your dad really walk the line. Absolutely. And be good. Um, Justin's going to like shake his head and he sees how long we talked about true crime. I've wanted to talk about true crime on a podcast for so long. So this is well, just I'm just happy to be here. So you keep going as long I love as you it. No, thank you for <laughs> indulging me. I want to shift gears to our last topic, which is your topic. That's right. Ron, last week, and we couldn't fit it in because there was a lot of stuff going on, but Ron sent me a YouTube video last week that he has been absolutely spiraling on. Ron, you just you just explain what this is. Yeah, so Taylor knows I'm not the biggest social media person. I don't have Twitter, Instagram, like all that. I'm barely on Facebook other than like outside of football season, but I'm a YouTube junkie. Like I have been to the depths of YouTube. And so there's always new things that get recommended to me. And last week I got this song recommended and it totally opened up this world of this whole genre of music called bardcore, which it is wild to explain. It's wild. It is. 
So it started during quarantine earlier this year. So people were bored and, you know, if we're living through a pandemic, we might as well feel like what life was like during the Black Plague, essentially. So it's people who take current, like, pop music from, like, 80s, 90s today and then make it sound like as if it was medieval. It is. I... I can't even, I listened to all the videos you sent me and then a couple other recommended ones. Yep. And I just don't know how I feel. (laughs) Just hearing (laughs) Britney Spears Toxic played on like an old timey guitar that looks like- Or like a harp or something like that. It feels, it feels really wrong, but also really right. (laughs) Well, I mean, this is like taken over the internet. Like even The Guardian has written about this. It's everywhere on YouTube. And I think like at first I was just laughing because yeah. I was I was listening to, I think the first one I heard was Thunderstruck ACDC on like old fashioned guitars. But when you start to listen to it, it's funny, but then it's also like, and I think, you know, as millennials, we can't sit in quiet. So anytime we're doing something, we have to have music or some kind of, you know, stimulus. But if, you know, you're working and you're typing, it's really hard to listen to music with words. Yes, agreed. Right? So it's a, I kind of realized it's a way to listen to songs that I know and like without the distracting words with it. So you're just trying to justify not being a nerd. You're trying to make me think you're not a nerd. Hey, I am the nerd on staff. It's what I get paid to do. Like I have to embrace it. So I I have no problem owning that title. But seriously. You'll laugh and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're doing that. And most of them have no words, but a few will take like, they'll have people submit lyrics on how to make it like old timey. So like Pumped Up Kicks has a version with lyrics or like Walk Like an Egyptian. With lyrics? Um, Yes. Or a a really funny one is uh, What is Love? You know, like that 80s disco. Yes. From Night at the Rocks movie. (laughs) And it's like, lady, thou hast woundeth my heart <laughs> over and over again. Wait, I gotta, I'm gonna have to deep dive on this. You know, oh, I do. I'm telling you, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a rabbit hole. I mean, I think it's just, it's like, it's so funny that, you know, in, in with 2020, let's, I mean, with how crazy it's been, it's like, like exactly. living in 1020, right? I mean, and just, you might as well embrace it. And, and that's what the kids were listening to those days. We so. have talked about such a wide range of topics today. Honestly, this is my favorite thing. Okay, so homework for all the listeners. Watch Governor Lee's Overcaffeinated. Read Justin's blog. Brush up on your true crime trivia and knowledge. And listen to Bardcore on YouTube. <laughs> Ron, thank you so much for joining me this week. Any final words? Uh, just uh, thanks and had a lot of fun. Hopefully I get to do it again. He says, go tech. I say, roll tide. Hey, we both hate Georgia. So we've got that in common. There we you both go. hate Georgia. Gosh, Ron, speak to my soul. See y'all next week. <laughs>